0: All right, Hevra, let us start. I'm sorry about the delay. Um, We're going to continue to learn the Gemara Brachas. We are on page 32, side 1, 32a. For those of us who are using the art scroll gemaras, we are on page 32a3. 32a3, so it's in the right side of the book. It's on the left column, the lower left column. We are in the middle of learning the topic of prayer. We're speaking about unusual tefillahs, the tefillah now of Moshe Rabbeinu, that he, so to say, was confrontational when he was communicating to God Almighty. And in that context, that it says in the Pasik that God Almighty is telling Moshe Rabbeinu, Va'ata, and now, Hanicholi means release me. And I will allow my anger to flare up against them, God forbid. And I will annihilate them. And I will make you into a great nation. Like we spoke out in the last class or two classes ago that God Almighty pr- promised to Avraham and to Yitzhak and to Yaakov that he will give the land of Israel to their descendants. So, For God, to God forbid, annihilate the Jewish people in the desert, what will happen with God's promise? So he tells Moshe, well, you, Moshe, you are a descendant of Abraham Yitzchak and Yaakov. And I will rebuild the Jewish people from you. That was what God told him. Now Hashem, expressing his then desire, began with the words Hanichali. Hanichali means release me. So Amar Rabbi Yabo, says Rabbi Yabo, if this verse would not have written those words, it would be impossible to say it. What does leave me imply? Or what does release me imply? This teaches us that Moshe Rabbeinu, so to say, seized the Holy One, blessed be He, like a person who seizes his friend by his garment. Grabbed onto God's garment. And, and Moshe tells God, The master of the world, I will not release you until you were forgive and pardon them. And that's why God tells Moshe, Release me implying that Moshe Rabbeinu, so to say, seized the garments of God. And Ababa was commenting that if we don't have this concept alluded to, right, implied in the verse, we would not be allowed to say such words. Now, when we have access to the Chachma of Hasidis, which thank God we do, we have a much better understanding of what these words even mean, What does it mean that Moshe Rabbeinu grabbed onto the garments of God? And once we'll understand what these words mean, we'll have an additional understanding as to what Rabbi Abo is saying, that if this is not written, it would be impossible to say it. So first we're going to make these words possible, and then we will explain how nevertheless it should be impossible, only that Torah writes these words, so we have the right to repeat that which is written in the Torah. So I want to begin to speak about garments, Garments is a topic that's spoken a lot about in Hasidus, right? The, the whole beginning of Tanya in the Alter is describing of literally who we are, even when we already view ourselves as two separate souls. So when we speak about defining what a soul is, so we continuously have this triple layered definition. Truth be told, the first one is not even called a definition, but there is a concept that is known as essence or etzem, or atmos core in English. Ultimately, it's not something that can be worded, but the essence or the core or the atmos of every being is beyond the defini- definition. Then we have how this etzem manifests, expresses, expands, right? Sh- sh- shines its light, and here its light is divided into ten distinct powers, right? You have the ten fetus, So there's the essence. Then you have its powers. And then you have the ultimate external layer, which is called, in chassidus, a garment, a levush. And that is one's thoughts, one's words, and one's actions. The machshava <laughs> di are the levushim for the soul. Now, once we have such a definition, then one would argue it would be very easy to explain what does a godly garb mean. When a person learns this gemara without the insight of Hasidis, it sounds like the gemara is saying something very simple. That how can we say that Moshe Rabbeinu seized God, so to say, by Hashem's garments when God doesn't have any garments? which is why we would not be allowed to say it. But now that the traitor alludes to it, we are allowed to say it. Now, hold on. The, what, what are Hashem's garments? So let's use the model that, that Hasidus reveals to us. If the words of, of a person are the garments to the person's ten sfidus, well, very simple. So then the world... Mamish, the physical universe, truth be told, even the spiritual universe is the world, which is divine words. Mamish, Hashem's words, the way we experience them, we experience them with reality. When you see whatever you're seeing right now with your eyes open, you are seeing divine words that are being spoken now in the present. So the words are, God gar- are Hashem's garments. So grabbing onto God's garments would be grabbing onto anything, which is a creation of Hashem. And your kavana, your intent is not to grab onto the thing, but is to grab onto the truth of this thing, the godliness in this object. That would mean that he grabbed on. He grabbed onto anything, to a thing, and his kavana was to, through the garb, grab onto the king, grab onto Hashem. And he says, I will not release you Until you forgive them. It's much, much more than that. It's much, much more than that. And I want to give a couple of introductions. Okay. Introduction number one. And someone today was questioning, how are we to relate to a rainbow? And we do find in Chazal, throughout the Gemara, two opposite statements, which is quite common. That's the beauty of Torah. It says in places that if I see a rainbow, I should not point it out to anyone. And why? Because since a rainbow is a reminder of the oath that God made to the world after the flood, that God will never bring about a flood into the world, that will destroy the entire life in the world at one time. So what is the... Rainbow reminding us. It's reminding us that if not for the divine oath, the world could be destroyed. Or even deeper. By the fact that I am witnessing a rainbow, that means that I am seeing right now that if not for God's oath, the world, as the world is, is, God forbid, is deserving of destruction. So the rainbow is a manifestation of terrible misbehavior. And which is why, if you don't see it, I shouldn't even point it out to you. Chazal tell us in other places that the rainbow is a sign of the imminent coming of Mashiach. Mamish the opposite. It's a gewaldica sign. Actually, and that's why we make a bracha on it. So the question is, which one is it? Is it a negative sign or is it a positive sign? And the answer is very simple. When we speak about garments, and I'll come back to the rainbow as a garment, whenever we speak about some inner power becoming revealed through a garment, there are two things that are happening, there are two steps that have to happen. And the question is, which step are you noticing? And even if you notice both, which one are you celebrating? Whenever something is in its higher state, the closer you get to your essence, the harder of a time you will have expressing it. I'll give you a Pashat example. Let's always come back to this analogy that words are the garments to my koiches, to my spheres. If you understand something, <clears throat> or if you are feeling something, and neither the idea or the emotion is overwhelming you, it's 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 manageable. Manageable meaning it's a limited knowledge. It's a limited feeling. You will have a much easier time putting it into words versus when you were enlightened with this wow bolt of lightning and you have access for a moment to a tremendous amount of in, of intelligence, which is really beyond your capacity. Or if you are right now touching... You, you you are right now in an emotional space that's much larger than what you are normally accustomed to. You will be overwhelmed and you will have a much harder time verbalizing, expressing the idea or the feeling. A simple example. I'll give you a negative example. If a person was shocked, they're shocked, they're frightened. Now fear is a feeling, right? It all comes from Gevuda. So if you have a relatively small amount of shock, you'll be able to talk about it. And it's very helpful to release it through, you know, verbal uh, therapy. If a person has a sudden tremendous shock, they will externalize it, but they'll have a hard time wording it, they'll shout Shouting is also an expression, but it's much more primitive than words. They won't be able to break it down into an an elaborate garment because the feeling is too large for you to be able, at the moment, to fit it into a smaller garment. But you can at least shout. There are times in the negative that a person is in touch with such a tremendous amount of fear and awe that they are even unable to shout. These are the nightmares. It's azapachat, you can't even shout. And the same thing is in the negative, in the positive. Right, that there are times that you can express your feelings in words, there are times that the feelings, the positive feelings, are so powerful that at best you can shout, and then there are times that no sound will come out. So, here's the paradox, here's the irony if you are trying to reveal something deeper within yourself, you'll have a much harder time garbing it into words or putting it into any clothing. You know what fits easier into a garb? Something that's more external to you. The essence, your essence can never be expressed, can never be revealed to another. Because really every act of revelation, like we mentioned, is a two-step process. You are concealing something deeper and therefore you are allowing something more peripheral, something more external to go out to the other. So the other who is listening to you, ironically, the more the other is able to hear from you, the more the other has access to your revelation. That's a good thing, right? Well, it's the opposite. The more the other has less access to your essence, because revelation means concealing and revealing you are concealing something deeper, thus allowing something that's able to be revealed to indeed be revealed. Every, every revelation is really a concealment and then a revelation. This is a very important principle in Kabbalah and used a lot in Hasidus to explain a lot about God's relationship with the world. Or let me, let me apply this just in one of the many scenarios. Whenever something happens in the world that makes no sense to us, so we will call it God is concealed. The truth is that what's really happening is is that there is a deeper level of godliness out in the open. And Dafka, because it's a deeper level of godliness, therefore, we are unable to grasp it. Because of our lowly level, we don't get it. Concealed, God is concealed from us. God being concealed from us means that at the same time there is a much deeper part of God that's revealed and being that that deep level that core level of God cannot enclose itself in the physical garb and we live in the physical world so we don't have access to it we don't understand it we don't feel it or sometimes it even appears to us as something negative something bad when in truth everything is from God and if we don't grasp it, if we don't see the goodness in it, that's because it's something coming from a deeper place from within Hashem. Every giloi is a double step. And let's speak about garments. Garments, mamish does the same thing. What's the kavana of a garment? Is a garment worn to express yourself? Do you put on a garment to express yourself? Or do you put on a garment to conceal yourself? And both, both, mamish the opposite. Is it to conceal or is it to reveal? It's a paradox and it's both at the same time and it's both alluded to in the Torah. We have in the Torah the first time the Torah introduces garments was in the context of the first failing of Adam and Chava and there the garment was to conceal. There was a certain shame that they felt when they were ungarbed and to cover oneself, one goes into a garment. Indeed, the word garment, one of the many words we have for our garment is a levush, right? Three levushim, Levush, the Gemara says, levush is a composite of Busha. Levush, no more shame. It's to cover the shame. I'm not getting into why it's called shame, but that's the, it's to conceal. On the other hand, the Torah is speaking about garments in the parsha of tzavah, in the context of the Holy Temple. A Koyin wore a garment not only, or not primarily to cover, the opposite. He wants to express, he wants to reveal a certain level of kavod, a certain level of beauty and that dignity and that beauty is dafke expressed through one's garments. Wow. Whenever you use a word in the context of Hasidis, the word is expressing a thought, but the very fact that you are expressing it in this word and not in the many other potential words because you are ruling out, you are hiding some of the light Because this same idea, had you used other words, it would have been understood on a different level, from a different angle. But you can't do that at one time. You have to conceal in order to reveal. For the recipient, the greater the revelation, wow, the more access to. The emesis, but for the giver, for the mashpia, the greater the revelation, really the more the concealment, the more the the giver needed to withhold something of a deeper level in order to allow something that's only relatively peripheral to be able to be given to the fellow. So that's a garment. Now, just like we have garments, God has garments. God has garments. However, there's one huge difference, and that's the whole theme of, 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 of the second portion of the Al Eben Tanya, that by us when we garb ourselves, when we go into a garment, so indeed we are concealing our, our core, we are concealing that which is deeper, and we are only allowing something which is more external to be expressed to the other. By God, yes, God, so to say, encloses Himself, but Hashem's essence never really gets concealed. So from God's perspective, there are no garments for Himself. The concept of a garb in relation to God is only our perception, but not God's perception. Or using the words that the Altarebbe uses, Tzimtzum is not to be taken literally. Now I want to speak about a rainbow and then we'll come back here into the Gemara. And we can even go back to Noah. Why, why is it that when people misbehaved before the flood, that resulted in a flood, that flooded all living creatures on the earth were, 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 were destroyed? They, they, their soul left their bodies, their bodies were, became nothing. They dissolved. There's no remnant from them. And God made an oath; He'll never do it again. But what's the logic? Why is it that even if people will misbehave as bad as, or worse, God forbid, as we behaved before the flood, why is it that God won't bring about the flood? Why, if our actions cause the the, the the cause effect, the effect was the flood. If with the same actions, why wouldn't have the same effect? And the answer is because because there is a certain connection and love that God has to His creation, that if and when that love is revealed, if and when that love is revealed, it's like a very deep essential love that a parent has, whether you feel it or not, whether we all love our children on a very deep level. On that level, they can do no wrong. Hear no evil, see no evil. No matter what they do, that Ahava is always there. It's beyond being severed. So when that love is concealed, when the relationship is based on something more peripheral, when you do what I want, then I love you, conditional love. That also means in the reverse, that if you, God forbid, do the opposite of what I want, not only will I not love you, I'll be angry at you, I'll have gevuridic feelings towards you. On that level of relationship, then there's a possibility that if the other behaves so un- so unhealthy that comes about a flood that's completely intolerable. And and that's it. That's the end of that. An oath, when you make an oath, God made an oath. An oath is that you are connecting to something very deep within yourself. You're making a commitment that's coming from a place so deep within yourself that it's beyond time and beyond space. It's forever. God, after the flood, revealed a greater level of godliness. Or to you word it differently, God took off one garment. It's one garment less. It's one garment less. Because God now is, so to say, revealing something that's unrevealable. Something that cannot find expression. And that is a type of love that cannot be manifest in a way that we can touch, we can touch it. The only result, the only consequence we see from Agilu, from such a deep level of Ahabah, is that no matter what we do, God still loves us. Because we are essentially connected and one with our Creator. And that goes on this level to the whole world. No matter how people people misbehave, on that level they're not going to get destroyed. In other words, an oath is God taking away a garment. On the levels of garment, the level of a garment means on the level of godliness that is so peripheral on that external, so to say, level, then there's a possibility of us misbehaving and us getting severed and us getting punished. When when there's something deeper coming, coming to the forefront, coming to the surface, then nothing we do, nothing we do can take away that essential bond. Which is a great concept. So there is a concealment and there's a revelation. Let's think about garments. I would say that a black garment, which is the minig of Hasid. I speak about men, that we basically get dressed in black. The black part of the garment it represents the concealment of a garment, the concealment of the garment. The colorful rainbow represents a revelation, a gili. A gili, that's that's a gili. Now, a rainbow, a rainbow is not even tangible. It's it, we can see it. It's the most spiritual physical thing, mamish. Now I know that music is different music you cannot see. It's also Ruchnias dik, and it's also audible. But in the world of seeable, it's something that your eyes can see, but it's but it's not. It's not. It's it's already it's not it's already less of an existence. It's something greater. It's something that's not tangible because it doesn't fit into your normal lavush. It's like looking at God in one lavush less. It's seeing a higher level of God, it's seeing a level of godliness. That level of godliness Bakal was never manifest because it should not be able to be manifest after the flood that somehow does become manifest so what is it when you what is it that you are seeing when you're looking at a rainbow it depends what side you're looking at if you're looking at our misbehavior yeah that we are misbehaving on a level that if not for god's revelation of his core then there would have been a punishment if this is what you're looking at then it's a negative thing but on the other hand, a rainbow was a sign that Mashiach is coming. Is because a rainbow shows that Hashem is able to express or to reveal in the world a level that really should not be revealable. It's beyond getting into a garment. It's beyond going into a garment. Fakert, a garment represents godliness that's measured to ours behavior. The fact that Hashem is able, to, we can see a rainbow, that Hashem is manifest through, and I know it's a much more of a, of a refined garment, but that's a chiddush that God created. God created a, a new thing that there can be a garment, and God's essence is not concealed when it, when, it, when it is revealed through the garment. The garment doesn't hide, the garment only reveals. Which is why the rainbow is, is mystical. The rainbow is magical. Which is why the rainbow was so colorful the closest revelation of godliness with the least amount of tzimtzumim that we can see in the physical world other than when God willing we'll be able to go into the Beis Hamikdash, That where is that? that's in the rainbow so if that's what we're looking at we're not looking at the fact that we need that gilui because if not for that we would get punished if you're looking at God's manifestation there's nothing greater than looking at a rainbow and coming back over here what did Moshe Rabbeinu want? Moshe Rabbeinu wanted, see when God is garbed, the more levushim, the more tzimtzumim, the more cause and effect, the more the more our good behavior deserves a, a reward, and our bad behavior deserves a punishment. And we had bad behavior, we made a golden calf. And in our world, that should have resulted in Hashem bring, bringing about the punishment that He told Moshe He's going to destroy us. So that's the deep meaning. Him grabbing onto God's garments is almost him trying to get rid of a garment. He's telling God, I need for you to do one symptom less. To allow something deeper to be manifest. To allow something deeper being manifest would mean that the deeper, of the, the, the closer we get to God's core then the greater of the connection there is between us and God and the greater the connection to the point that no matter what we do, God still loves us, which is what exactly He needed to happen, which is why He was asking for forgiveness. So He was... So to say, getting rid of, that's the shot. He was seizing the garment, not the way you envision it, you know, someone grabbing onto the other person's lapel. He was almost like telling God, take one garment off. Enough of tzimtzumim. Stop concealing yourself to the point that our relationship with you is like very much cause and effect. If we do good, then you like us back. If we do bad, then the opposite. No, we got to get rid of that. And the fact that God tells Moshe, stop doing what you're doing. Let my garments still stay on. Let me be. Ah. So Moshe Rabbeinu thought, is the haraya that I have the power, Taka, to affect God's garments. To peel one level of the garments off. And, and Moshe Rabbeinu succeeded. And indeed, God Almighty forgave the Jewish people. How great is that? Let's just learn one more line of the Gemara. That when he told Moshe Rabbeinu, I will make you into a great nation. So Omar, Rabbi Lazar, says to Lazar, that Omar Moshe tells God, I don't understand. When you are telling me that you'll make the great nation out of me, that's not a solution. Even in your logic, even if you want to keep all of your levushim it's not going to work. Why not? Because kisei um, shalish uh, If one has a stool, if one has a chair that is, that, is, that, is, that is based on three legs, and that's, you know, I know most of our chairs have four legs, but you can have a stool with three. What doesn't function without you getting into a major balancing issue, is having a two-legged stool. But once you have a three-legged stool, it stands. So he's telling Moshe that we, the Jewish people, we are sitting on, we are leaning on, our base are our patriarchs, our three patriarchs. And right now, because of a terrible mistake that we made, you are about to annihilate us. So if a stool that's standing on three legs doesn't stand a chance when you are upset... When you are garbed in another levush, so he says, you're going to make the Jewish nation from me, I'm only one. So a chair or a stool that is only standing on one leg, what kind of what kind of continuity will it have? It won't work. If they're not working, I'm not working. And furthermore, he tells God Almighty, he tells God how will I, Moshe, ever be able to face my parents, my grandparents, Avraham Yitzchak and They're going to tell me they're going to complain to me, Moshe Rabbeinu, that when my grandchildren, the Jewish people, needed you, Moshe, the most, you didn't rise to the occasion. And what does rising to the occasion mean? Here in our Gemara, the rising to the occasion means peeling away a garment. Aye, a garment is a good thing. No, a garment conceals. And coming back to Khanan, this is so important. We have the power to relate to God on the level that we want. If I am speaking to God externally, I'm connecting to God rationally, or on a manageable emotional level, so that I'm only touching, so to say, that level of godliness. The deeper the prayer is coming from within me, if the prayer is coming from a level within me that's beyond garments, then I'm touching godliness on the level that it is, so to say, beyond garments. And that's exactly what needed to happen. And we have that power. Hannah had that power. Moshe Rabbeinu had that power. And ultimately, the message is for all of us that if we are able to get ourselves in a zone before we pray, that we become in touch to a very deep level of ourselves, a level that is beyond words. And as we learned before, when Khana was talking, no words were coming out. It all fits. Because she was governing from a place that doesn't go into words. It doesn't fit into words. This touches godliness on that same level. And the beauty is, let's come back to the rainbow, that what happened after the flood, that normally, if it's godliness beyond garments, what good will it do to me in this world? I won't be able to relate to it. God, because God is almighty, like we mentioned, really for God, the garments never conceal anyway. God created a rainbow, a new garment, that it's still a garment. We are seeing something, God is being manifest, there is a giloi, giloi means there is a concealment, but on the other hand, less is concealed and a lot more is revealed. Less is concealed and a lot more is revealed. And just concluding that what we learn a lot on Tanya, and it's good to remember this, that when we want God to get out of the worldly garments, which is what we want, we want a deeper part of godliness to be revealed, but for that God needs garments. You know what the garments... You know what the rainbow is? You know what? There is a rainbow that we create and that is our mitzvahs. And that is our Torah. That the Torah and mitzvahs of the Jewish people, as the Altareb explains, they are the limbs of the king. They become a whole different type of garb that God has now access to because we create it through which a much deeper level of godliness can manifest on the world. So ultimately we can have the best of both worlds. We can have a level of godliness that doesn't fit into the garb of nature. Something much deeper. But, if, but that cannot be revealed. So what do we get from it? That could be manifest with my trade and with my mitzvahs. So that's a great, a great uh, pre-mitzvah meditation which will inspire us because every time you do the mitzvah, you should know that now you are allowing a deeper part of God which cannot be garbed in nature could cannot even be garbed in a rainbow. It can be garbed in your Torah and in your mitzvahs. A lot more of this topic, God willing, to be continued. Any questions?